I'm loving your earrings as well. Oh my! Aren't they so like um, gay art teacher? Yes, they are. The podcast mug. Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel like this is now the podcast mug. It's my Dino mug mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with vanilla tea this time. Ooh, I've got Califia. <gasps> oh, that is so good. I love their mockers. I was like, do you know what? Because I don't get iced coffees regularly. Yeah. And then I was talking to my friend, same friend. I only have one mm. friend at work. Heads up. <laughs> no, I have two. The other one Aww. stops going home with us. But she was telling me about how she had three Starbucks in one day. And I was oh. like, you know what? Maybe I am allowed to have one iced coffee every yeah. now and again. <laughs> But three iced coffees, wow, that's the dream. I know if I if I go out for like a brunch with my friends or something, and we might be there for a few hours, there's definitely a minimum of two iced coffees. I feel like depending the route, yes. I feel like, yeah, are you talking like hang sessions in one place where you, because you like your crochet yeah, like we'll we'll just be there in the cafe. We might have something to. We'll start with the drink, and then once we decide on the food, mm-hmm. love the food, and of course, sometimes you need another drink with your food. You need another drink, and then a drink afterwards. But yeah, we'll be there crocheting at the same time. Mm. I'm more of a coffee and a walk, Ooh. like a like a, a storm in a cup. Yes. Oh, so good. Should, should you know what? I just I'm taking out these earrings because they're bouncing against my. Headphones. headphones slightly annoying sensory nightmare oh that was the reason for the free ice coffees it wasn't like a i'm having a free <laughs> ice coffees moment it was like a um neurodivergent drain point where she was just like if i don't buy a cold brew and like and tag yeah. team it i can't get through the day but these earrings i actually mm. got yesterday at a pop-up market in, um, oh my gosh, am I going to dox myself? In Brixton. There's lots of places in Brixton. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was, do you know what? Because here's the thing. This is a re-record of an episode. We completely shambled the audio. I want to hear about your weekend. And what I was going (laughs) to say is about my weekend. We'll have to edit all that out. But the Sunday... Alone again, I went to a pop-up market because I was just, you know, wandering through Brixton. And they were like, hey, pop-up market, free entry. And you know what? I'm going to reuse the joke that I was using to everyone in that pop-up market. It's free Mm. entry, but it is not free exit. You know as in... Oh, because as in nobody leaves empty-handed. No, there is no way you're getting out of that shop, like that market alive, because without buying several things i got like i got these earrings and i'm gonna you know what these people deserve shout outs field.st is the handle she made all these earrings they were amazing she they're very pretty so stunning and we had a great conversation because i was talking about how it it was all so bright and colorful and i was like kind of goth <laughs> but we decided these ones because they're kind of ooky spooky lime they green are. i also got like um caps creations 
um shampoo and conditioner bar she Ooh. was like telling me all the ingredients she was like take a picture of the ingredients like so you know if you can't get it you can't get these again look for these ingredients you know when people just like care so much about our product yeah. they're like I actually don't care if you buy my product I just but these are the best ingredients yeah she's like look I just care about hair like I'm not yeah and she because it's like a pop-up shop in 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 Brixton it's like a lot of um incense a lot of Caribbean people and she's there with like the most gorgeous like afro but then twists but not dreadlocks just like oh, twists I know at the mean. end of the afro yeah. and she's there with like my very like you know I don't know the proper terminology of like curl patterns but like white people curls <laughs> and she's there like us curly hair girls we need to like treat our hair as well I'm like yes us curly hair girls. <laughs> Let me tell you, your curls are far superior, but I will I will be included right now. She was lovely. Like the amount of people I was just chatting to. And then I was like, time to spend all of my money. I got this. Oh, that's so pretty. So pretty. That is very pretty. So pretty. That's from Sharon Farrow. Mm-hmm. And I also got a little notebook from the same person oh, and she also cool. oh my gosh you have to check her out because she also has sticker sets <gasps> mushrooms oh those are good mushrooms i just and she's on etsy sharon art. i had a weekend where i walked around a community garden and i ate local food and i bought a bunch of stuff there was this guy selling rum um and the rum's called chromanti because that's chromanti this is this is their manifesto oh bless up the ancestors they deserve it and so do you we got their spirit inside us it speaks to our senses laughs when we laughs when we laugh guides us when we're lost why would you ever dilute it so it's like we want to make a sippable rum, like the same way people drink yeah. whiskey. You're not going to mix Ooh. this. This is rum that you just drink straight. Straight. Rum is, um, Cremanti is rum for the people then. So it's like, I think Cremanti was the word for like the port, like the Caribbean ports that mm. like, I completely blanked on that because he was drinking, he was giving me too much rum. Like it was literally <laughs> like 2pm on a Sunday and I and was just to brain. sipping rum. And like, he's like, okay, okay. The only way that we'll like say you can mix it is like a little bit of bitters and then not like ginger beer, straight, just ginger juice. Mm. So it's like a, it's like a bit of a dark and stormy, but yeah. it is, it was amazing. And I'm just uh, chatting and then, he was talking all about like, you know, how so much of rum culture is very linked to like slave trader culture. Yeah. Um, because it's that kind of like Caribbean uh, African drink. So, and like, I guess also seafaring drink. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of like, like Captain Morgan's. Yeah. Was a slave trader. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Cremanti, I think he was saying, is like him and his daughter make it. 
I always want to say brew it, but I don't feel like you don't brew spirits. I don't think so. But him and his daughter, like, make it, and they kind of were talking about, like, you know, let's decolonize the rum industry. Mm. So I was like, okay, man, I'll buy your £40 rum because it tastes so fucking good. And he's like... It's an investment. It's an investment. And he's like, do you know what? I'll ch- I'll chuck in some hot sauce. And I completely blanked on the name of that guy, but that's this guy that actually is a musician. But just before mm. his nan died, he like got her hot sauce recipe. So he's a musician that sells hot sauce. his nan's hot sauce, like at the back of the game. <laughs> it's like, you know, the merch table yeah. set up, also hot sauce. Because he's like, yeah, like my nan... I wanted to keep her alive in the hot sauce. Oh, so beautiful. So that was my weekend. I feel like my weekend was just like literally like if someone were to make an ad for living in Brixton, it's like that would be it. community gardens, sunshine, like local culture. <laughs> just wanted to shout that out because you shopping ethically is one thing, but mm. it will never... Like I, I was saying this to... Um, Caps Creations, the hair care lady. Yeah. I buy most of my hair stuff from Lush, and that's, like, ethical. Shopping ethical is good, but shopping local is much more ethical because, yeah. at the end of the day, big business is still so, big business. Yeah. And if you're shopping locally, you're supporting the community itself and people in that community. Mm-hmm. How was your weekend? It was quite all right. On Saturday, I went to the beach down by the observatory mm. for a little picnic with two of my friends. And it was really lovely. As we so we sat on the beach first, and then we afterwards we went inside the observatory for a coffee, and then we went and got some books. But I do have a tan line on my ankle from the sun on that day. Nice. <laughs> so there was there was good sun. Yeah, good sun. Hello and welcome to today's episode, where we will be discussing <laughs> yeah. Blackula. Now, when I was writing my notes for Blackula, I was writing so many notes, my hand was getting cramp, and I just oh, have no. like it's just it's just mess. You're like, I want to be able to read it. I'm like, when we do this section, I'm here going, huh? What? How? What? What? What does this mean? <laughs> the thing is. I listen to podcasts with full half an hour life updates at the beginning. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I feel like when you start getting into a podcast, you hate because you're like, I don't know these people. And then you start enjoying yeah. it. And I remember being like... And you get more clips of who the people are and you get more behind the scenes of the actual people mm-hmm. behind their voices. And you feel like you get to know them more. Yeah. So hopefully you think of it as that instead of like yeah. when I think about it and I'm like, I never want to be those one of those podcasts where people just have to spam the jump 15 second one till they actually start talking about what they're meant to be talking about. If you have been spamming the 15 second We button, apologize. Hello and welcome to <laughs> the episode. Yeah. You don't need to press that button anymore, honey. Don't worry. We're here. We're there. <laughs> We've got you. Mm. So yeah, this episode is on Blackula, nineteen seventy-two. Yeah. Um, if we are again, as established, we are re-recording because 
a recording studio that will remain nameless. It probably wasn't its fault. We were. It, it, it's always probably our fault. Yeah. <laughs> Audio was just completely garbled, so we're having to re-record, which is a shame because the whole. I mean, the whole point yeah. of it is you're meant to be going into this blind, and now we've fully discussed the episode. But you know, I can't remember everything that was said. It's fine. It's fine. Let's talk yeah. about a film. Blackula from 1972 is a film directed by William Crane. An 18th century African prince turned vampire by Dracula finds himself in modern day Los Angeles. Los Angeles? Los Angeles. I just go LA. LA. <laughs> la. Yeah, la. That Uh-oh. way you don't have to have that internal debate of, wait, how's the pronunciation? <laughs> yeah. So the film begins in 1780. Yes. Thunder. Transylvania. Lightning. Thunder. Spooky and, castle. Yeah, as stated in previous episodes, nothing ever good happens during a thunderstorm. Well, I counter the Hercules oh, and Cleopatra. Yeah, that was a... Wasn't good for them. No. But was good for... The others. For my boy Hans. Yeah. It's always dramatic. Whether good or bad, drama There's drama. Thunderstorms reveal drama. Yes. So, we're in Transylvania, it's 1780, and we're in this castle, it's Dracula's. Does it say Dracula's castle? I... Or does it just say Transylvania and we all know what's what? We're watching a film called Blackula, it's Transylvania, we know what's what. I can't remember... Well, you we kind of go into the castle. Dracula's there walking with a black couple. And yeah. they are discussing... And Dracula mentions that they are from the Dark Continent. Yeah. And that's kind of our first wording that kind of shows what this... Shows what Dracula's about. Yeah. Shows his beliefs. Because this couple, um, Prince Mamawalde and Luva, mm-hmm. they've come over to try and dissuade Count Dracula from getting involved in the slave trade and to try and put an end to it. Yeah. To kind of get him to actively reject, like, not yeah. get involved and also, I feel, is it like a petition? Are they kind of like petitioning wealthy white? landowners to kind of put their name down as morally against it possibly something like that to give it more holding basically they're like hey dracula can we have your support in ending this slave trade but dracula's all for it yeah so that they're talking about the evening and they're talking about um obviously they've just come from a fancy soiree Mm -hmm. um and Dracula is mentioning how many people were very impressed by Prince Mamawalde. And Luva talks about how, well, of course they are. Like, Yeah. Have you met him? Of course they're going to be impressed by him. He is, he is the pride. He is, he is our pride. He is everything that we wish to be. Mm. And it's just so sweet because it's really good at kind of setting their relationship up. Yeah, like one of mutual respect, because that's it. What it is. Yeah, yeah. And she says that, and he, and he kind of looks at her and holds her hand, and is like, "My Louvre is too, 
too complimentary or not he doesn't say that but it's it's like like those vibes me and you can just tell yeah and it's beautiful also her outfit amazing i yeah i love how she's wearing traditional garments Mm -hmm. she's got these beautiful like beads it's kind of like it's very colorful Mm -hmm. lots of purples Mm. Ooh, i just noticed something okay lots of purples on luva gorgeous and she's got these kind of big hoops and she just looks stunning so she she's wearing these beautiful yeah absolutely beautiful Unfortunately, I feel like Mum all day is just in like a like a regular suit. Yeah, which um, we which, do. Uh, yeah, it fits later on. But yeah, I also would have liked to have seen him in a matching outfit. Yeah, yeah, because it, it just it just one it wouldn't be nice to kind of connect them slightly more. Yeah, to have that um like visual them as a pair. Yeah, it, it, it's very obviously for like the later plot, which is fine. Yeah, um, but but he does um, look good in that suit. So oh yeah, gorgeous. William Marshall is cool. the actor yeah. who plays Mama Walde, and he is a gorgeous man. I just love also about the thing about this scene is how Mama Walde did not come to play. Oh no, he was there. He was straight up. This is the facts. This is what yeah. we want. If you are not going to help us, if you're not going to give us anything part of what we want then we are leaving yeah it, it's that thing of you know dracula's all like oh you know kind of not like i i guess not like it's not so much flattery because he's not sucking up to them no. and it's not so much patronizing but it, he is kind of like you know like just just empty nothings like oh he was impressed by you blah 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 blah, blah. and mama all day just kind of pulls it back to like i am here because i disagree with the slave trade yeah and i think it's like an affront and that that is my purpose for being here give me compliments that's fine i deserve them mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna let that distract me yeah anyway dracula basically says no no don't you think the slave trade does have merit Yes. To which Mumble Walde is like, no. Yeah, he's like straight. He, he like looks taken aback. And then he says, Count Dracula then says how he'd love to pay for Mumble Walde's delicious wife and for mm. her to become part of the household. And it's Mumble Walde's response here. I just absolutely oh, loved. Sir, are you ill? It's just, it's just so, sir, are you ill? Because yeah. it's like, he's still a guest in Dracula's yeah. house. He can't, you can tell hearing Dracula objectify and demean his wife in that way. You can tell he wants to just jump up and smack Oh yeah, he like, wants to be like, no, you cannot him. talk to Luva this way. Yeah. What do you think you are doing? But he's a guest in his house and he's so like, he's got to be respectful. What? I'm going to give you a very polite opportunity to take a step back and say, oh, no, 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 sorry, I don't mean what I just said. Yeah. But I'm still going to say it in a way that you know... That what you said I'm was wrong. fucking pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, are you ill? It's like, <laughs> no. The class with which he puts Dracula back down. It's yeah. like, we're not going to play this game. But Dracula... Being the 1700s racist, but he, if he was a real person, probably would be. Unfortunately, so. 
is doubles down. He's like, no, no, no. It's actually a, it's actually a compliment. Yeah, you if, should be thanking me for saying this. Because if someone of my class is attracted to someone of your colour, it's a compliment. Mm. And those are the words he uses. And my world is like, you were acting like an animal. Mm. To which Dracula, it's like he's, it's like Mama Waldi is trying to one up him in class, and Dracula yeah. is trying to one up him in, in being an absolute ass. <laughs> it's like yeah. each time Mama Waldi gives him the opportunity to, to be, be like, ass. "Sorry, you're right. I'll put myself in check." He's like, "No, no, I'll go one step further." So Mama Waldi says, "You're acting like an animal," and Dracula just says, "But you're the one who comes from the jungle." Yeah, it's like. Dad, dude, every single opportunity you were picking the arse route. <laughs> and at that point, Mama Walde's like... I've had enough. Let's yeah. leave. Luva, we're out of here because... Yeah. It's like exactly what you said like earlier. Like, if you're, we're not going to get what we're here to get, there's no point in us being here. We're out. Yeah. And as well, you could notice that there were some comments that were going towards Mama Walde and he was taking them but as soon as the comments started going to Luva, he was like no protect her yeah yeah he is i was actually having this discussion over the weekend which is like the, the difference between like patriarchal and the patriarchy mm-hmm. because obviously patriarchal qualities are not bad qualities being a strong man who would like to protect those he loves yeah. Is a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like Mama Walde is probably, particularly in this scene, one of the like shining examples of how to be kind of like patriarchal, mm. positive masculinity. Oh, yes. Because he's, he's so strong in his beliefs and caring in his these are the people that I care for, like like with Luva, like whenever anything mm. goes towards her, it is no you can that say is not what, acceptable. Yeah, you can say whatever yeah. shit you want about me, but As soon as you is, go after my loved one. This is someone then. I care for. It's cause he's it's cause he's a prince. Yeah. He's not a prince. That's some that's some king shit right there. <laughs> but anyway, he says we're leaving and Dracula says, No, you're not. No, no. Yeah. Because he I have doesn't want them to. I have a corridor filled with vampires with terrible makeup to stop you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um in my notes I called the first guys that came over butler goons because mm-hmm. they looked like they were just his butlers that came over to try and stop him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They I don't know, they seemed like they weren't actually like vampires. Those ones were just like, yeah, goons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keeps around. Mumble Wally like gives them a solid like run for their money oh he's yeah like he's fighting back. Yeah. he's strong and it's mm-hmm. not until a third one of those goons come along and actually whacks him on the head that mm-hmm. he's actually gone down yeah yeah he's like you know if it if it were just the two of them him and luva would have would have made a getaway yeah but yeah. as well when manuel day was attacking them back he was doing it in defense he was not doing it in a way to you attacked me, you're trying to kill me, I'm going to kill you first. He was a, no, I'm only going to push you down, immobilise you so we can mm-hmm. get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very he's very much like defensive as opposed yeah. to aggressive. 
for sure. So he he's kind of you know held, and then Dracula comes in with the with the bunch of vampires. And it's just <laughs> a bunch of yeah, it's bad makeup. <laughs> the vampires essentially have like grey face paint, but sometimes it looks almost green. Yeah, and their teeth, their fake teeth, are terrible. It's a film from the seventies. It's a schlocky black exploitation film. Mm-hmm. It's. <laughs> I think we said last time we recorded, the people who we actually care about, their vampire makeup is fine. Yes, yeah. The people, and the people who are in close-up, the people who you're supposed yes. to notice, the people who are supposed to be there, all their makeup, it's more believable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas the vampires who are just in the distance or just... Or like not in really a crowd. S- yeah, are yeah. not really supposed to be singular doubt their mm-hmm, makeup mm-hmm. is not done so well it's you know it, it's very obviously just a kind of like a reshuffle of budget yeah we're gonna put the budget on the people who actually matter and if you're you know background vampire number four sorry we got green face paint and that's all we have yeah <laughs> but yeah but then in, in dracula has Mama Walde in his in his kind of he's holding him by the face and he says, mm. I I curse you. I curse you with an unquenchable thirst and all of this. He's doing this big speech and he he, he drinks his blood. Yeah, and he says, You shall pay Black Prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, Um, I shall make you Oh, you got the quotes down, didn't you? It was like, I shall make you yeah, I, he says, I curse you with my name. You shall be Blackula, a vampire like myself. And then later says, never to know that sweet blood that will become your only desire. Mm, yeah, and they do this really beautiful thing with the makeup again. Like when, yeah. it, when it counts, it, they do it, it well. Really, yeah. And it looks like he's crying Jack. the blood. Yeah, there's like blood coming from his eye. Like, like it's yeah. like when, I don't know, like when he drinks it, it's so much in him that he's. Yeah, he cries it. Tears yeah, it looked so so good. Mm. Um, but also, so did Cam Dracula's hair here. So good, it was. Quaffed. It was so good. Yeah, he's a different looking Dracula than any other Dracula we've kind of seen. Mm. He's more of a white man Dracula. Yes, he's 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 blonde, or at least like a kind of light brown hair. Yeah, um, which is really interesting because usually Dracula is always kind of dark hair he's well Transylvania is always kind of hand-wavingly eastern European yeah which which is kind of you know like darker hair and olive skin and it's interesting because I feel like the decision to make this Dracula not that not what we view as Dracula with the kind of olive skin, dark hair. Bella Lugosi mm. with his very Eastern European features. Yeah. It kind of draws into question that kind of, you know, thing that in the concept of what white is is only really defined in terms of history of what is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so there's this thing in history where a lot of people have been considered not white because at that time they were deemed 
not acceptable. There's this whole thing that there was a moment in time when Irish people were deemed not white. And it's such a strange concept because when you think of Irish people, they're, yeah. you know, the palest, yeah. the palest shade of white that there is a lot of the time. Irish people were considered not white and especially Italian people mm. were considered not white. And so to have an Italian or at least like Eastern European looking Dracula almost blurs the lines between Dracula and Blackula. Yeah. And so I think that that's why Dracula create, here yeah. is a blonde Dracula. To create more of that juxtaposition. Yeah. He's very much a white Dracula. And Luther gets a curse too. Oh, poor We talk Luther. about Mamavaldi's curse. Oh, because he, he's turned into a vampire. He's locked in his coffin. Coffin? Casket? Uh, oh, wait, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it is It is coffin. It's tapered. Mm-hmm, it's tapered. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically coffin. Now, this will end up on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. Just oh, know. We had a whole debate. I, taught, I, I gave Kitty a history lesson over coffin vase casket. The friendship nearly ended. The, yeah. the, the podcast nearly got cancelled. <laughs> it was extreme. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I, um, I, I totally didn't make a burn book with Mark's. <gasps> no. Um, <laughs> so he's locked in a casket. Yeah, that's what we settled on. Yeah, as a casket. <laughs> he's locked in a casket. So he's he's. A vampire in there, he's first in for blood, but he can never get out and drink it. So he is very much in pain. Um, yeah. But Louver is essentially, it's a its a room that has no door. It's essentially like got this, it's not... Yeah, you can only open in. it from the outside. Yeah. She's just in there and hearing Mama Walde crying out inside. Yeah. And she's starving to death in there because obviously given he's a vampire he will never starve to death so it's an eternal torment but she also is starving to death and dies i think dracula says your the black flesh will fall away from your bones or it's something like that yeah i mean everything dracula says he always always pulls it back to their race black prince blackula but yeah so she's she is entombed in the room yeah it's just only able to listen to his cries mm. from being locked inside so, it's so sad and that's just how the film it like it this film really does just like drop you in it straight in it yeah i, I love realize, it when a film does that yeah yeah i realized i didn't actually ask you what you thought of a film because the thing is I you already know. know. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast me doesn't, but I do. Now, Mark, mm-hmm. what did you think of this film? I loved this film. I thought it was so beautiful. And if I was not another writing... Another success for yeah, Kitty. Yeah, another success for Kitty. <sighs> Gosh darn it. But I know when I was watching this film, if I was not typing out my notes, I would have cried at the ending. Because mm. it is so sad. It's it's it it is a beautiful film. It's so um, beautiful. It's romantic. It's it's just oh, it's so sad. So hey, if you're actually this is a good point because this is right before the opening, opening credits. credits. If you're listening to this episode and you 
do want to dabble into horror films because I know like the thing is so many of our friends like are like oh that's so great I don't watch horror though so I um, <laughs> you know don't really know how much I'll listen but like I, I know that there are some people who listen even though they don't watch horror and instead of kind of watching the film, they just listen yeah, to Yeah, listen instead. Explain the plot. If you do want to dabble into horror, it's this a is a beautiful film. Yeah. film. Spoilers ahead. Yeah. Because, of course, <laughs> you knew that. The opening credits are so funky. They are. The music, so mm-hmm, funky. Mm-hmm. It's it's so good. You've got that 70s detective disco music playing. Yep. And it just reminded me, because it's like cartoon of a bat chasing a blood woman yeah it's um, like silhouette of a bat yeah and silhouette of um like a, a, the shape of a woman and she's red so she's kind yeah. of blood and then the bat and it's yeah the bat's chasing her and it just reminds me of a game of pac-man yeah but i just loved it i yeah. loved it it's it's and it's so good and yes it's it's just so kind of funky and you kind of have this kind of you start with Dracula being so incredibly racist and this person being locked away for all eternity and his wife starving to death and the drama of it and then it's like disco yeah <laughs> it just kind of puts you in the headspace of what the film is yeah um. And, and in... it puts you in this space of where the rest of the film, the timing of where the rest of the film is set. Yes. If there is any background noise, treat it as, oh, what's that? Like those rainy mood websites where, oh, on over one that sounds like a like a coffee shop. It's just like nondescript mumbling, you know? No. Those kind of websites where you just put on background music. I used to put on the rainy mood one when I was oh, revising. Oh, like lo-fi or lo-fi, however it's pronounced. Not music, though. It's literally just like sounds. Like you can put oh, okay. on like crackling fire or like rain sounds or like... Oh, like this those sleep apps that would be like, hey, do you want to listen to a whale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, okay, yeah, there I are got a couple that are like coffee shop, like <laughs> talking. We are providing a free service of that if there is any background noise. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, credits, funky. Yeah. And then we have. We fast forward in time. Still in Transylvania. It's the same yeah. castle. Um, but now it is the modern age, the 70s. Yes, it's 200 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a interracial gay couple. Yeah, there is. Which I um, love. Yeah, they are essentially like buying. Dracula's castle. Yeah, they're buying um, all the antiques within inside because yes. they 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 sell antiques, yes. and so they're all like, "Oh, these antiques in here would be very cool. We're gonna buy them." And then there's an old gentleman there, um, selling th- it. Yeah, he's selling the stuff to them. I think he's from that town, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, he he's very much kind of like he owns the castle now. Mm. And he is very afraid of Dracula. Like, he still yeah. he mentions that this is Dracula's castle. And he takes it very seriously. Mm. Yeah, and he even states how that Dracula and everyone within the household was destroyed 150 years prior by Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. And the two cu- the couple, they kind of, like, laugh it off. And they're not taking him seriously. Dracula. That's a myth. Yeah. And Bobby is like, what a pity I've never met a vampire. 
Mm-hmm. And then the antiques, the guy who owns the house, the older gentleman, he's just very hounding it down into them. No, this is no laughing matter. This is this serious. Is very seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's so, like, Count Dracula was no legend. He was terribly real. Mm-hmm. There's there's Bobby and there's Billy. Yeah. And Bobby is a black man. He's got like an afro mm-hmm. the size of his shoulders. Yeah. Is it even further than his shoulders? It's like it's like a proper big 70s afro. And he's got like the the wide collars and the and a waistcoat and the kind of flares. Mm-hmm. Um like the tight flares, like oh, yeah. a lot of leg. Um and then Billy, his is boyfriend, is like it's like a suit, but like again, that kind of like very 70s colour scheme. Mm. Um and he's got like the shoulder length blonde hair that actually a lot of people bring him back now i feel like that kind of shape of hair is very much like the indie boy hair actually to be fair it probably was the indie boy hair of like two years ago yeah or maybe a year ago i don't know don't talk to indie boys anymore Um, (laughs) yeah you know they could they can stay over there i'll stay over here yeah we're Um, we're okay without them (laughs) um so they're like oh my goodness like if it's dracula's castle like that changes everything like Mm. we couldn't possibly pay what we were gonna pay before because obviously the risk and so he like drops the price because they're like playing into it of like yeah oh no no this is dracula's castle you didn't tell us that like you've ruined the deal you were like selling it to us under like false pretenses Mm -hmm. and all of that but like actually they're really excited yeah, because they're going to use this to, they want to use it to spin it to be like, hey, they're selling it for more because look, they're going to be like, hey, yeah, this was, this is the real deal. This belonged to Dracula. Yeah, yeah. And it's got that kind of like, um, ooky spookiness that they yes. drum up. So then they, they, they say like, oh, are there any secret hidden, passages? Hidden room secret passages. Yeah. And they come across the room. Mm hmm that Mama Walde was imprisoned and Luva was imprisoned. Yeah. But what I I was when I was watching this, I was trying to find Luva in the room, but you couldn't see her. No. No. And it's so strange because I have such a clear memory of seeing like a skeleton wearing her beaded dress. Hmm. And I don't know, my brain must have I don't know if it's a different version. Or my brain must have just... Put it in. We know about the different versions and how it affects... Um, yeah, watches. But maybe my brain did just put that in. To be fair, if he's showing them these secret passages, maybe this old dude does know... Like, has Yeah, maybe this out. one had been... Yeah, because I know he did mention that secret passages have been found, mm-hmm. that they'd gone through them, so maybe then they'd, like, moved her skeleton. Yeah. But I was still like, oh... It would have been nice because it would have kind of had that um, continuity. Mm. They do say that it smells like death in there. So Yes. And it is 200 years later, so we can assume what has happened to Luva. Yeah, I think think we can call her dead. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they go in the room. They're loving mm. what they see. They notice the coffin. And both Billy and Bobby, they love it. They're like, well, can we take this too? And the older man, he's like, well, yeah, you can, if you want that, you can take that too. So they ship it back to LA with them. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like Los Angeles docks and um and then they're in a warehouse yeah and and I love how in the warehouse it starts off dark and Bobby lights a greasy lamp Mm. and later on that lamp is still lit yes yeah that there's all these kind of old lanterns that you that you kind Mm. of they they took from from the castle as well and yeah so Bobby he lights the lamp Mm-hmm. And Billy turns as Bobby's doing this and is saying how he's dying to open the coffin. Mm-hmm. But Bobby replies and how he's not. I love the phrasing though, how he said that he's dying to open the coffin. Yes. It's very, it's like, I love when horror movies do that. It's like yeah. it's somewhat cheesy, but whenever mm. it's like, oh my gosh, like I just simply die. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you will. Yeah. You're going to die. And then I love how also it's Billy, he's the one who said he's dying to open the coffin. Yeah. He's trying to get, he gets Bobby to do it for him instead. Beautiful boyfriend, you can do this job. Yeah. And so Bobby, he picks up uh, a... A bolt cutters? I thought it was like a tire iron. Potentially. But he he basically He picks up a tool and goes to the lock to try and do it. Yeah. But he's only just kind of managed to unlock it when... um, Billy Billy cuts his arm on the crate that he's trying to open. And it's like blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know how Billy managed to cut himself that dramatically, but hey, hey uh, Billy is um, a disaster gay. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's always a disaster gay, um, like me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I... Sorry, I just re- I just keep remembering that video of um, going through when me and Megan completely absolutely matched outfits without meaning oh, to. Yeah, and then that video of 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 me going through parts and being like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's because I'm straight. That's because I'm straight." And then she's like. Um, and your green hair? Mm-hmm. That's because I'm gay. <laughs> um, yes. So, Billy cuts his arm yes. all up. And so Bobby turns from the coffin and is helping, kind of like, try and put pressure on it, trying to stop yeah, the bleeding. Yeah, trying to wrap it up. Yeah. And... Then you get a shot of the coffin slowly opening. Then Mm -hmm. we get a shot back to Billy and Bobby. Mm -hmm. And then you get a shot back to the coffin. Where Manuel Day sits up with that abs of steel straight back. Yes. What was it that you said? The Michael Myers. Yeah, that was it. Uh, the Michael there's a Myers podcast that up. I listen to that call it a Michael Myers sit up. Because it is, it is just that very Halloween. To be fair, we probably should be calling it a Count Orlock sit up because he yeah he did it first did it first all the way mm-hmm. back in 1922 yeah we're gonna call it an orlock sit up actually no i think orlock does it with his ankles like he goes <laughs> up he's not sitting he's but um yes and then he is drawn by the blood across the room yeah and, and then you get a shot back to bobby and billy as they notice their heads turn mm-hmm. and you just get this growl from yeah. mamma day 
And then, and then there's a, I know how much Mog likes continuity Eric. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where Mawadi grabs hold of Billy and is going to drink the blood from his arm. And, you know, when, when Bobby is trying to tend to his arm, it's covered in blood. And the second Mawadi actually has it and he's about to drink, um, there's hardly the, any. Yeah, you can't really see anything. He drinks Billy's blood. And then, and Bobby's kind of trying to attack him and trying to yeah, get Yeah, Bobby him off, tries but... to intervene to save Billy, but Manuel, just throws him against these crates in the wall and they collapse onto him. Yeah. And then once he's finished with Billy, Bobby, I think, is like recovered and he goes back. And, yeah, he's st- and yeah Bobby's when... starting to gain consciousness and then uh, Manuel goes over to him. He's still amongst the crates. Mm. And then that's when... Mom he kind of grabs his face. Yeah, he grabs his, yeah. It's almost like he strangles them before he actually drinks their blood. But he just like is subduing them. Mm. And then goes to bite. Incapacitate them. them. Mm. But there is uh, music in this scene that is happening. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good music. And you do feel suspense. But... Whilst this scene continues on, hmm. it's more of a the suspenseful fairy music going on. You've got that little, you've got a tinkling mm. um, of like metallic instruments going on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, the soundtrack to this film is really good. There's really kind of like dramatic moments, and then there's yeah. the funk and the disco. But then every now and again, it's kind of like fairy really light, and you're kind of like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm here for it, but I just wasn't expecting it like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and then... it's after he's taken both Billy and Bobby, the music changes to more of a metallic ringing type. It reminded me of the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It mm. sounded similar to that, I thought. And then he he returns to his coffin. Yeah, he and... finds a he he finds a cloak. He picks it up, puts, adorns it upon himself. It really does suit him. And this is why he wasn't wearing more kind of um, tribal style clothing because these are the clothes that he died in. So you kind of want him to look like that Dracula in a suit type person, um, as we mentioned earlier. He, he, He dawns himself in this cloak. He looks very good. And then he... Heads he back remember, to back laughing to himself. Yeah, but before that, he as soon as he puts the clock on, he suddenly remembers um, Count Dracula's words, and he remembers the words, I curse you with my name, you shall be Bacula, a vampire like myself, a living fiend. Mm-hmm. And then he climbs into the coffin, laughs, and closes the lid on himself. Yes. And what I do love is how Manuel Day, he keeps his name. Mm-hmm. He does not take the name Blackula, which was given to him by, by his mother. Yeah. He keeps his own name. He mm-hmm. keeps his own identity. He's like, this is who I am. You may have turned me into a vampire, but you, that doesn't change who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know from listening to other people talk about this film a lot of the time, people do kind of start referring to him as Blackula. We shall be referring to Mama Walde. As Mama all day throughout this whole uh, yeah. As he film. wanted to be referred to. Yep. Because Blackula's the name this murderer gave him. We don't support Dracula in this household, in this film. Yeah. I will say I'm, <laughs> I'm a Dracula um, fiend myself. Yeah, but not of this, the Dracula within this universe. <laughs> in this I film. like 
my Draculas. I like my vampires. I mean, I like my Draculas not racist. Yes. It's the main issue. Yeah, yes. and then it's the next scene, and it's the funeral. It's not the funeral of Bobby. They're, it's it's at, the they're at the funeral home, home yeah. with the funeral director, and we see Manuel Day peeking through the curtains to Bobby. And Bobby's and his, moving his hand, and yeah. his hand goes round to, the, to the edge. Yeah. It's like holding on to the edge of the casket. Um, I think this one is a casket. Yeah, this one is a casket. Would you like to... Did you explain the difference earlier? Yeah, so a coffin's that stereotypical tapered around the head and... And then by the feet. Yeah, and it's more of a lifty lid. You can get some with hinges and they can be adorned with silk on the inside. That's a coffin. A casket is more of that box rectangle type with all of the quilting and the hinges and and what people kind of have nowadays yeah and like that dual lift up lid and so you can Mm -hmm. either view the top half of the person or the bottom half of the person i'd like to just see the feet please yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes so bobby's in a casket yes and in walk two women and a man and the woman is wearing a hood and she's a beautiful in hood purple yeah made the connection yeah i never made that purple connection like before. earlier no mm. and we say purple like it earlier because she removes her hood and it is louver yes it but is what used to be louver no because because louver's dead because they're talking to her and she's clearly a woman from this modern era and louver was a woman in 1780 and died and dead (laughs) most importantly dead so there's they are friends of two women yeah Yeah. they're talking about bobby they're clearly friends of him when they were much younger um and then they turn into this man and basically say like help us figure out what happened to him yeah so they then kind of walk off and the man is left to investigate the body yeah and this man, uh, his name's Dr. Thomas, Gordon Thomas, and he's from the Scientific Investigation Division, and he takes a closer look at the neck wound, and now the funeral home director, I can't remember his name, but no, it begins with an S. It's I later don't on. think I wrote it down, but yes. Yeah, he says how it was a rat bite. And which is crazy because it's just yeah. these two holes in the neck and it's like, I don't know, man, what kind of what kind of rats are you looking at? Yeah, plus what rat just bites once will go and if a rat's gonna come for you, if a rat's hungry, it will eat you. Yeah. How how have they killed this man if there's just yeah. two bites? But it's a rat bite, apparently. They talk about Bobby's associate. Billy. They use they use yeah. the word associate so, in a very kind of way. Obviously, it's the seventies. They are gay men mm-hmm. and an um, interracial gay couple. And an interracial gay couple in the seventies. So that's yeah. even harder. But he's Gordon is essentially asking questions like, "Okay, you haven't embalmed him. His veins look empty." Yeah, because he takes. Yeah, it was mentioned that he hasn't been embalmed yet. Yes, and then he looks at his veins, realizes, but they're empty. Mm-hmm. And when you embalm someone, you you drain their veins and you re 
pump them up with a there's it's this type of liquid like a preservative liquid mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. do it with some other part of your body as well just so your body keeps its shape mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. so you yeah. can be those longer or for however long as well but yeah, he, he, he hasn't it been weird. embalmed yet but he is yeah. he is drained and he's asking questions like okay was there lots of blood at the scene because yeah. he's the blood had to have gone somewhere so where did it go empty of blood yeah. and then he's asking because they're, they're talking about um bobby's associate um he kind of says oh do you have do you have the other man who was killed in this attack like do you have billy um the funeral director says no no he was white we don't get white people here this is this is like a black funeral home yeah so yeah that's kind of said so he can't investigate both of their bodies and then because it's a black exploitation film mm-hmm. after gordon asks all these questions which i feel he asks in a very i mean he's definitely kind of in a straightforward he's to the like point yeah yeah he's not but i think he's been reasonable no. yeah yeah he's he's fine the um funeral director says that was the rudest n-word i've ever seen yeah. um so the I film said he was rude no i mean that was the most to the point guy i've ever seen yeah yeah i mean to a certain extent i almost feel like that's just in it so that it's it's like a black exploitation kind yeah. of cornerstone they have this scene where gordon is talking about that and then we cut to the two um, women the two women these women are tina and michelle yes they're sisters mm-hmm. as established um tina's basically saying tina is the woman who looks exactly like luva is played by the same actress and they're talking and tina is saying how she's tired it's getting late um is michelle is she okay to go home and is michelle okay to go back to bobby's mother's house to see how she's doing on her own mm-hmm. michelle says yeah that's fine and they split off and the cameras, they follow Luva, the, Tina's uh, walk home. Tiva. Luna. Yeah, Tiva. <laughs> oh, Luna. They follow her uh, journey home. Mm-hmm. And she starts hearing these noises behind her, so she quickens mm-hmm. her pace. Gets spooked. And then, yeah, she gets spooked. She runs and up. walks straight into Mama Wilder. Mm-hmm. Um, who grabs her and is talking to her like Luva my love yeah you you have returned to me all of these kind of things and she has never seen this man in her life no it's the middle of the night essentially and she's just being cornered by this man he's tall and he's He's holding her yeah so she legs it yeah she runs in fear and she runs very cleverly I think with the places she runs to Mm -hmm. because she goes to she follows the street Mm-hmm. She goes to where there were. If there were going to be any people out, they would be there, such as the subway. Mm-hmm. So she, I thought she was quite. There is a part of me that feels like subway isn't always the best option because it's enclosed. Mm. I know, I know from walking like my school, I had to go under a subway, and it was always quite nerve wracking in the winter when it was dark because mm. you're kind of like. There might be CCTV in the street, but there's not in the subway. 
So it's like, if I get abducted, it's going to be here. But, you know, she's running. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he's following. She drops her bag. He picks it up. Yeah, she she drops her bag and she's like, I am not dying over that person, keeps running. She doesn't even, like, she barely even, like, looks back for it. She's like, nope, nope. Yeah, so she drops her bag. He, Mamwalda, he picks it up. He carries on chasing her and then gets hit by a taxi. Gets hit by a taxi. But we also see Luva go all the way home. She runs No, it, it flips back to that bit later on. Ah, yes, yes. So After the taxi scene. So Mamawaldi gets hit by the taxi and this woman gets out to see if he's okay. The taxi yeah. driver. Um, Juanita Jones. Yeah, we oh, find I out later. Her. Yeah, we Juanita find out Jones. that's her name. And she is absolutely like, oh my gosh, you okay? The second yeah. she sees that he is okay, she's like, what the fuck were you doing running out into the road? Yeah, you jumped just... in front of this. You jumped in front of my car. This is not my fault. And yeah. she is absolutely taking no shit from him. Because she, he does just kind of like pick up, pick up the bag, and then just like walk into the road. Doesn't look both ways. Yeah. Obviously, he has never seen a car before in his life, so he doesn't know to look both ways. And she is, like you said, taking absolutely no shit. She's like, because he's like, you made me lose her. Like you. Yeah. And he's just blaming her and she's like um excuse me what do you think you're doing and then she slowly picks up on the fact that his vibe is changing his demeanor's changing because he growls at her yeah he growls a lot they're very mm-hmm. guttural growls mm-hmm. he he goes full vamp face and he growls yeah. at her and instantly she's like Oh, hey, I'm man. sorry. No worries. She's probably yeah. she's probably just ahead of you. You know, you can probably catch her up. Um, like, don't worry. Like, trying to placate him, and mm. he just takes her head by the pinky side of her fingers, which I find funny. It's just those bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't grab her neck. He just gets her by those bits. I, I, it like it shows. I always, I think it just shows how strong he is. It's, yeah. it's very kind of commanding. He's mm. not having to grab her head. He's just kind of like holding. Yeah, he doesn't her. have to use his full strength. He can just, yeah. he's just by his pinkies. Yeah. And then he bites her neck. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene, we're back to Tina. And then we're back to Tina. Yeah. She runs to her flat. She doesn't have her key because obviously she dropped her bag. Um, how's she gonna get in? Oh, don't worry. There's a corridor cupboard with the key with to all every of the keys. Flat. Yeah, which is so safe. Oh yeah. I mean, what is the point in having a key to your own flat if the corridor cupboard has every yeah. single key? So she takes that. Don't key. know if that. Yeah, gets in fine. Don't know if that's a seventies thing or an LA thing or whatever. Yeah, but. It's a thing in this film. Yeah. Anyway, she gets in, she puts the chain lock on. Yeah. And And then she gets to the window side, there's a knock at the door. She picks up this very big knife. Big knife. And 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 she like opens it but keeps the chain lock on. Yeah. And then there's just this voice saying, like, Tina, what are you doing? It's me, Michelle. It's me. Yeah. So and this is where we find in. out they're sisters because she's like, it's me, Michelle, your sister. But we're mm-hmm. also back to the fairy music here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
for some <laughs> some reason. I just love how ready to survive Tina is. Oh yeah. Like she's like, I'm I'm not gonna die now. A man grabs her and she's like, okay, I'm running the whole way home. I am not stopping for my bag. I am putting my chain lock on. And the second there's a knock at the door, I'm holding a knife. She is And like, it's not a small knife. It's no. a big kitchen knife. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because she says the reason she was so scared with the like and had to go with the knife is because he now has her key. Yeah. And her, and her ID entity, and everything. Which has her address on. Mm-hmm. So Michelle walks in. She sees that Tina is stressed and asks what happened. And then she responds with that she was cornered and assaulted by this man who's taken her purse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of like, she's just kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll sort this out. And then yeah. we cut back to the coffin. Before we get to Dr. Gordon Thomas... We have mm-hmm. Mama Walde, and he's getting back into his coffin. Oh, yeah. Very sweetly, he takes the her bag, Tina's bag, off his shoulder, and he's he's sitting back into his coffin, just holding this purse, like hugging it as if it's like a teddy bear. It's, it's like so his adorable. connection. It's his connection to his louver, obviously. Yeah. But, like he doesn't know anything about her, but he's like, this is this is my lady. Yeah, um, but whilst this is going on, the music has changed from the fairy music to that sexy 70s music. Oh, yeah. Like that porn style music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Heavy on mm-hmm. a bass, all of yeah. that jazz. I mean, the second Mama World is on screen, you kind of do need to put the sexy music on. Like, yeah, it's very well deserved. That music gorgeous, and him. Man. Also, that music is very fitting for Gordon. Yes, which is where we go to next. Yes, next is Gordon. Gordon is wearing a gorgeous turtleneck. The thing about Gordon Thomas is he knows how to wear a turtleneck. Yeah. I feel like he's wearing... He only wears turtlenecks. Yeah, he's, a, he's got a turtleneck. And, and yeah, he's at the police station. I mean, good vampire deterrent. Mm-hmm. No one can bite his neck. No, because they have to remove well, the... all the way up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's at the police station. He's, he's... headed to the morgue mm-hmm. to see Juanita Jones, the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. And he's he's noticing similarities. He notices yeah. the the wound on her neck. He notices that her blood is drained. Mm-hmm. He is like, "What is going on?" And he says to Jack, the lieutenant, "I need the files on Billy and Bobby's case because I need to, you know." compare it with this case and lieutenant jack's kind of like oh you know we haven't got the files the cases have gone missing or something something's wrong and gordon is just straight to the point and says like sloppy police work always tends to involve black victims Mm -hmm. so he's Um, like i am not gonna let it slide but bobby has died and you've lost his file yeah. This is not a coincidence. But then Lieutenant Jack turns around and says, one of the victims was a white man, so this file will turn up. Yes. And it's Gordon's comment on the sloppy police work when it includes black victims is very hard hitting statement because that is still true now. And yes. it's like 40... Did I do the maths right? 40 years on? It's 50. 
50, yeah. This is where I got the maths wrong. <laughs> it's half a century. Yeah. It's half a century on. And this, this so much, I mean, we'll, we'll go into it more when we talk about the context of a film. But there is so much of this film that feels still so relevant. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's half a century on and this is still very much police the work. case. Yeah. Um, and then the lieutenant asks um, why autopsies were ordered for Bobby and Juanita. And I think that's that's before that's when he says about the sloppy police work. But he, he also says, are these, are these deaths panther related? Lots of panther activity. Yes. Um and and to which kind of Gordon Gordon does lose points in my heart in this moment because it's actually Gordon who drops the F slur. Oh, he says yeah. like the fact that it's a like a capsi driver and uh and two F slurs. So this isn't Panther activity. Like Yeah, because how could it be if yeah. these are not these are not like high profile. Black they're victims. not it's desired they're not um it's like they're not media worthy yeah yeah it, it's one of those things where it again black exploitation is very kind of like provocative mm. we've we've had the n-word we're having the f-slur it's very kind of you know in your face yeah gordon you wear a good turtleneck but that does not Excuse that language. Excuse you. So, yeah, you know, and then... lieutenants is like, yeah, yeah, it will show up. And that's kind of where the scene ends, I believe. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, he, the lieutenant asks why the why Gordon's asked for these autopsies. And Jack's like, well, I don't particularly want to deal with the paperwork, but if you believe something else is going on, something worth doing autopsies for... Um, I believe you call them, and it's Jack so you get the understanding. It, you get that they have that trust there. They've worked yes. together, and they respect each other. Yeah, yeah. Jackson ally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, he is kind of like, hey man, like if you think something's up, but and Gordon is playing it close to his chest. Oh yeah, he's not revealing anything. He's he's. He doesn't say what he thinks. He's just saying, yeah, I think something's up, but I can't exactly tell you yet. Yeah. Yeah. We go from Jack and Gordon to... Yeah, Gordon, he calls the funeral home to say an autopsy will be done and someone's going to pick up Bobby. The Mm -hmm. funeral guy, he says that that's impossible as the family is back. They're there again at the moment. So then the doctor arranges for Bobby's body to be picked up after closing time mm-hmm. out of respect for the family. Yeah, which is which is sweet and yeah. um and also gives an excuse for it to happen after dark. Yes. Very useful. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what actually happened in this scene other than because at this point we're no longer in the kind of police area, we're in the lab. Now we're in the lab. Yeah, uh, that I think that conversation still happens in Jack's office. Oh, okay. And then the next scene, we're in the lab. I don't really know what happens in the lab other than my note that Michelle is a woman in STEM, and mm-hmm. that they're a very sweet couple. Yeah, that's so all I kind got... of have for that scene. Yes, the it's a very short scene. Mm. Um, Michelle and Gordon, they're being a bit lovey-dovey in the lab and Michelle mentions that Tina went and got herself hassled yes. yesterday afternoon 
But those are the words she used. She said that Tina went and got herself. Oh, Michelle. I give you points for being a woman in STEM. I retract points for being a victim blaming... I'm not going to say bitch because I'm not going to use gendered language like that. Yeah. Someone who victim blames. Yeah. Um. Oh, Michelle. Mm-hmm. But anyway, then, now it's Michelle's birthday. Yeah, and then it's the next scene. It's They're in the club. It's Michelle's birthday. The first shot of the club we get is a shot focusing on the singer and the, the singers. Two. Yeah, the singers. Um, because I think um, there's technically three. Yeah, there's songs three. They, and they take it in turns. They take it in turns. Yeah, they rotate between the three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she has one hell of a voice. Oh, amazing lungs! This and, band, yeah, this singer is amazing. They, they like, yeah. It's like the whole song. It's yeah. Little, it's only like, it's a film and now it's a music video. And they're, all three of them, they're dancing the whole time whole as well time. as just singing their lungs out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the stamina for that, amazing. So good. Um, yeah. And then it pans across the club to the table where it's the three of them. It's Gordon, Michelle and Tina. Mm-hmm. And then the music here is very fitting to, I feel like the when the lyric music is very fitting to the scenes. The band's called the Hughes Corporation. Mm. Well, they the Hughes are, Corporation are very good. They're very good, and their outfits are amazing. Like she's wearing one of those kind of like very seventies. I keep saying very seventies, but it's like it's it, it was made in the seventies. Of course, yeah. everything is very seventies, but it's very seventies. <laughs> mini dress it's one yeah. of those kind of like halter neck mini mm-hmm. dresses so pretty and really blue yeah gorgeous blue and then the guys are wearing like the same blue kind of peasant style top mm-hmm. and then like white flares yeah very very good outfits and and they're singing and then mama waldo comes in mm-hmm. and he kind of is like pointing to someone and then someone like beckons over to Tina and then she heads up to talk to him and the version that I had didn't have the audio from their conversation at this point just had the music so whereas I had the audio yeah yeah I literally like I was watching it and I was like damn are we not gonna hear them talk at all probably seems like an important conversation but you know what the Hughes Corporation is good, so I'll just I'll just <laughs> sit here and vibe. That's fine. They seem to be patching it up fine. Yeah, yeah. Because Manuel de Hianta back a purse. He apologizes, says there was a misunderstanding, and then Tina invites him to join her table. So mm-hmm. they go back. They go over to the table, and then I love how almost instantaneously Manuel de states. That how Tina looks just like Luva, the wife he lost recently. Mm-hmm. And he apologises in front of her friends as well, again, um, for following her that night. And then, I love this line. He says, enough about death to life on your birthday, towards Michelle. Mm-hmm. And they all give a toast, saying to happiness. But Mamwalde, he says to happiness forever. Forever. Yeah. I am a vampire and I mm-hmm. will never end. 
And then the next scene is back at the funeral home. And this is where I've written his name because I think this is where we actually get his name. Swenson. Swenson. Yeah, the funeral home director's name is Swenson. Swenson, yes. Yep. He's opening up Body's casket and finds that no one is in there. So he rings the club. Yeah. I just love that he rings the club. Like, I know Gordon does mention, but just the idea of, because obviously no one has mobiles. Yeah. He can't ring Gordon. I just love the idea of, like... Just ringing up a club for someone. Ringing up fiction in Swansea. (laughs) Being like, hi, um, is Mog there? (laughs) And no, I would not be there. No. No, because you have taste. I'm not quite old enough to phone for people at the club. No, um, not like Swanson did. Swanson. Hello, hello. Yeah, is Gordon there? And then so Gordon, in an amazing outfit, goes oh, up to the phone. My goodness, yeah. this man. Yes, so he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean a body's missing? Yeah, um, he's like, what's going on? And then he goes they end the call. He goes back to the Gordon goes back to the table mm-hmm. and states that Bobby is missing. To which Mamualdi replies, "Perhaps he wasn't dead." Mm. I love He's that he do, he doesn't hide subtle. it. No, no, he doesn't hide it. He just states it, yep. and he's like this throughout. Mm-hmm. One thing that I also love, I just throw my notes say, I love the fact that he mentions the whole "you look like my wife." who is dead. It's just mm. such a good way to be like, I'm tortured and sad because I'm bereaved, but I'm also single. Yeah. Like, hi, <laughs> Tina. I'm a widower. Sit a ring on my finger. That's sentimental value only, baby. Mm-hmm. Consider it invisible when we're making out. Yeah. This is an open <laughs> invitation. And then Skillet arrives. Yes. With and... a few others. Yes, and Skillet's just like this strange friend who's just yeah. very kind of like... He's very charismatic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, another thing that also happens is Mama Walde's like, champagne, bring us champagne. Yeah, um, he wants the finest French champagne. Yeah, and Gordon is kind of like feeling somewhat emasculated yeah. because 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 Mama Walde is a gorgeous man and... Um, it, Michelle is somewhat noticing that, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he's kind of bringing over champagne. And obviously, Gordon is meant to be like the man of the table. And he's not buying the champagne for the ladies. So, feeling somewhat emasculated. So, he's kind of like, we don't need champagne. And Michelle's yeah. like, fuck that. It's my birthday. I like champagne. And so I just, bring on the champagne. I love that. I love that she's like, honey, yeah. like, I appreciate you're feeling emasculated, mm-hmm. but it's my birthday. So yeah. if you could just shut up with those feelings for half a second, I want to get my drink on. Yeah. And then I think her name is Nancy. Yes. We don't Nancy find out the her photographer. Name. Yeah. yeah. She's going around. She's taken, I think she's, she works at the club, yeah. but she's also a friend of Michelle and she's taken photos of them all. And she goes to take a photo of Manuel Day. He is not impressed. Uh, he does not want his photo taken, mm-hmm. but I want to know. Is it ingrained in the brain, this knowledge that you do not appear in photos? Yeah, he does seem to know, but like, 
there's that whole moment he... with with the taxi like taxi where it's kind of like it's almost as if he doesn't know that cars exist because he's been in a in a coffin so long so how does he now know about like what cameras are it's kind of like it's one of those things where you kind of just go with it because yeah it's a fun film you're like yeah. sure um but yeah he does seem to very much know that it's yeah. that he's beginning and not he's be visibly uncomfortable yes and he, he gets up he goes to leave and then tina gets up to follow him asks him not to leave and he says that he'll see her tomorrow night at the same spot. Mm-hmm. And as they're having this discussion, Nancy takes another photo of them. He goes to like kiss her hand yeah. and Nancy gets a picture of that. And then he like sweeps out. And then Nancy is yeah. like committed to these pictures. She She's is like, like, right, I'm going home. I'm going to develop these pictures and I'll be right, right back. Yeah. yeah. I love and respect it. It's mm. slightly crazy because yeah. I don't know what time it is, but this is like this dark is of night. night. Yeah, like night night. And this girl's like, I got to get these pictures developed now. Like maybe mm-hmm. go home now so that like, you don't have like stay up too late. You get an early night. You you set your little alarm for 9am. You develop in the morning, maybe. Mm-hmm. But she's like, no. I gotta I'm get doing it right now and they'll right be now. right back. Maybe she has ADHD as well. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Like, you know, um, like if I if I pause for half a second, this job will never get done. Yeah, she's hyper. It will never come to fruition. This. Yeah, she goes then, home. Yeah, she's got it's... a very cute setup in her house. Yeah, she as soon as she gets in through the door, she puts on some music, very she good puts music. On a record. She goes she poses into her... her curtains to her kitchen dark room. room. Yeah. She's got a little dark room set up in her kitchen. Mm. She's got the red light for the dark room. She, like, gets a beer out of her fridge. She's there, like, developing the pictures, having her beer, listening to the music. It's adorable. I love Nancy. However, a beautiful setup will not save you. I love how we just always record for so long and just noticing how dark it's getting around both of them. Oh, yeah. Um, we are creatures of the night. We are. We very much are. She's developing the pictures. She hears a noise. She goes to look. She doesn't see anything. She goes back yeah, to the pictures. Yeah, she turns. She looks behind her shoulder. Mm. Doesn't see anything. She carries on with the photos. She notices. Yeah. Hang on a second. This is a picture of just Tina. I swear. I swear Mama there's somebody Walde else there. there. Yeah. She turns around and Mama Walde. As yeah, she turns around, she Blackula. goes to open the curtains. She does it rather dramatically with a flourish, mm-hmm. and then Blackler's just right there. Right Mama Walde, he is there. Yeah. He is he is in full um kind of vampire look. And yeah. he is going straight for her. Um, mm-hmm. and um, he, he bites her yeah he does he bites her and then in the scene you get a close up of his hand he takes the he takes Picture. the photo and he crumples it in his hand disposes so of the, the evidence. evidence yeah next scene yeah the next scene is a cop car pulling up and he doesn't even though he knows there's, he's obviously been called to the house Yes, because, you know because she, going on. She, I think she screams. Yeah. I, 
you kind of get the assumption, I guess, that she screamed and someone called the police. Yeah. She's stumbling outside of her house. Yeah, but before that, he's just sitting in the car looking through this case file. Mm-hmm. He's no, even though he's been called to a house, there's been screaming going on, nobody knows what happens. He's just sitting in the car looking over some different. I believe spot. that's the case file. Yeah, I believe that is the missing case of file. Of Bobby as well. and Billy. Yeah. This is the missing one. So he's found it later on. I'm. I may as well, we may as well say now, because I feel like I can't quite remember when later on. But later on, there's a bit where Jack says that he still hasn't received that case file. And that yeah. is because this cop this scene. Yeah. goes to, he sees her kind of stumbling out of her house. Yeah, and, kind of and she's not looking too well. She's doing it very dizzily. So he, he rushes over. He kind of yeah. goes to pick her up. He's kind of holding her kind of bridal style. Yeah. Um. So her head is kind right of by resting his on his shoulder, view of the neck, mm-hmm. she's already turned, she bites him. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how long it takes some people to turn, some people to not. Yeah. She turns it's... in an instant, whereas... Yeah, like, whereas Bobby, he didn't. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby was, you know, bitten at the start of the film, pretty much, and um, we still have yet to see him rise. And she's she's already been and gone and and you know, yeah. bitten. But yes, then then we cut to the next scene. We're back with the lieutenant and mm. Doctor Gordon, and this is where the lieutenant asks if Gordon got the report yet. Yeah. To which he says he doesn't, and Gordon asks for permission to dig up Billy to do an autopsy because of course he couldn't do an autopsy on Bobby, Bobby because he went missing. Gone. Yeah. And then the lieutenant he says that he must be crazy because of all the permissions and paperwork that would be involved. Mm-hmm. But Gordon convinces him to be like, uh no, we kind of need this done. Mm-hmm. And again, not telling him done. why, but just no. kind of saying like yeah. trust me, this is important. Yeah. And so Gordon just trusts, so, sorry, so Jack just trusts him. And then it's the next scene is in the lab. Mm-hmm. Michelle answers the phone for Gordon and it's Jack saying that he couldn't get the permission. Mm-hmm. So, and she's also saying our librarian's going to think that we're freaks. Yeah. Because you've got this sudden interest in the occult. Yeah. Um, and 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 Gordon basically says, "Well, I asked to see if I could get permission, and um, we don't have permission, so let's go let's dig him go up. Dig up a body ourselves." Yeah. And Michelle's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, I've got a response here. Mm-hmm. It's ghouls, vampires, no bodies. I take it back. We're not nuts. You are. Yeah, she's like, nah, we're not doing this. And yeah. then I can't remember how he convinces her, but... With kisses. Yes. yes. Well, because I just have in my notes, I'm swooning, girl, that turtleneck, I'm swooning. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't remember how he convinces her, but I'm sure it's to do with how gorgeous he is. Yeah, it's, it's the turtleneck. No, he yeah. he's, he's kissing her all over and she folds and is like, okay, yes. And then it zooms in. The end of the scene is it's the camera zooming in on Gordon and then his it follows his arm down to the desk where he picks up this book entitled The Dead Ones. Yes. And then we cut to 
Mama Walde. Yes, we Lisa. do. Oh, Tina. Yes, it's Tina. I am. Tina <laughs> is. He goes straight to her apartment. Yeah. And Tina's saying, "I thought we were going to meet at the club," and he says, "I, I, I couldn't wait." Uh, yeah, I couldn't wait. I wanted to see you now. Uh-huh. And then and he asks Antipy. He does kind of take a step in before she says yes. Yeah. He's so, a bit preemptive there. Vampire love... logic aside, yeah, he does yeah. still get permission. I don't know. I, it's only one step, um, and he definitely does like then ask and then goes in. But it, it mm. I think each time I watch it, it just kind of strikes me as like yeah, because he shouldn't have even been able to do that one. I don't step. know if William Marshall just got a bit excited. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I love here how Tina she just cut straight to the chase she's like is it about your wife mm-hmm. and mum all day he's like you are my wife yes. and tina she's saying that's impossible yeah to which mum all day's like and yet you believe it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. again we have that perfect almost not quite mirroring but this it's the opening scene perfectly sets up what luva and mum all day's relationship was yeah um and it's that relationship of um trust yeah and deep trust and love yeah and 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 total kind of honesty Mm. um and so here we kind of see that um honesty and openness he's like yeah this is the situation yeah and my wife you are my wife and 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 she instantly believes it because it because she feels that connection too. Yeah, we're not quite sure what the magic of it is, but it is. Yeah, it is there somehow. And he says that they're of the Ibani tribe, northeast of the Niger Delta. Yep, and which is that... really good because yeah. I feel I like I love how they place. Yes, so previous... much of the time. Like in the opening scene and in the IMDb, it just says African. Yeah. And so much of it as a whole. Like, yes, it's it's one of those things that like Africa is often almost seen as a country, and it is not. It is one of the biggest continents with many yeah. many countries inside of it. And with it's almost different kind of cultures going across extremely it. Extremely different yeah. cultures. It's it's viewed very like monolithic, similar to kind of how like you know the Far East is kind of viewed in a monolithic um way um Mm. yeah yeah um africa is viewed as as one culture um and the fact that they kind of specify niger delta is yeah is really nice it's pinpointing yeah yeah Yeah. because it's kind of it's given credit given homage yes yes um so and yeah, here he reveals how it was two hundred years ago mm-hmm. um, that he was that they were sent from Europe to they were sent to Europe, sorry, in mm-hmm. protest of the slave trade, and mm-hmm. instead ended up cursed by Count Dracula. Yes. And as soon as Dracula enters the scene, scene she doesn't quite believe it. Again, she's on the back foot of um, Dracula's myth. Yeah, yeah. But I think his response to her denial on this side is rather polite he says i will not take you by force and i will not return he's leaving it to her 
for her to come around her and own he way. says you must come to me freely yeah which is um you must come to me freely i think is one of those lines of the film that is is iconic now yeah um and it is just so beautiful like like again like earlier we were talking about mm. how romantic this film is it has this beautiful and again going back to what i was saying about um how mama waldi is this kind of i guess pinnacle of patriarchal views it's this idea that he is he doesn't need force and he would never give force he is saying you are the love of my life Mm. but i will never force you you must come to me freely yeah you must do it of your own accord yeah and you must come to me freely as the way william marshall says that that is a line that could be said in many ways. Yeah. Um, and I, I I, feel like he's kind of talking about, like, turning her into a vampire. Yeah, I believe that's what he's thinking, too. Yeah. As in, you will join me. Yeah. But then, I guess, I guess it could way. also kind of, you know, in a much more kind of literal consent way. Yes. But the way William Marshall says it is... And this might be just because I think he is very hot. Which he is. Which he is. It just kind of oozes, like, sex appeal. The way he says you must come to me freely is just so, like, oof. Yeah. God bless a man who doesn't even need to, like, work. He knows she's so into him he's like yeah he knows he doesn't have to do anything i'm i'm not even gonna argue my case or anything like yeah you know you want me yeah and it is it is it is gorgeous and then he gets up to leave and he's leaving and just before he reaches the door he turns around and this line it hits hard i have lived again to lose you twice Mm. because she's still like vampires i'm not into this and so yeah like exactly like how what he said you know i i will not force you and i will not come again he's kind of like i'm not going to keep hounding at you yeah. you've made your decision and i respect that again he's a man who takes no for an answer mm-hmm. he's like okay but he still is I've lost you twice in the heartbreak of that and she says like hey don't go yeah she Asks him to stay, and then they kiss. And I've got, she disrobes him, and they hug. This mm-hmm. disrobing bit is she takes off his cloak, and they hug. Yes. <laughs> it's not like, hey, stay, instantly nude. Um, yeah. <laughs> she takes off his, his his cloak. Yes. And then they make out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get to the next scene, and it's Jaws music playing. Mm-hmm. And the camera pans over the graveyard to Gordon and Michelle digging Billy up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gordon's digging, Michelle's there with the, like, lantern. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I really do need to turn my light on. Yeah, I was I'm... just thinking I need to turn mine on too. We are sat in pure darkness. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michelle is holding the lantern. Yeah. And Gordon digs up Billy, he opens the coffin and Billy Billy rises. Straight Billy rises. Back. He does the he does the Orlock sit up. Yeah, the Orlock sit up. 
and, and um, Gordon gives him a really good right hook. Where uh-huh. It was just it was instantaneous. As soon as Billy is not even halfway up, Gordon's fist is already in the air, ready to punch him back. He down. yeah, it's almost as he if he didn't even move his fist. Like Billy just sat up into it. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just like, yep, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he stakes Billy, and the way that he stakes him is far more kind of in in fitting with the um, the original theology. Yes. Or rather, lack thereof of theology, theology being study of God. Um, oh, yeah. And demons being vampires being demons. Anyway, sorry, that was a that was a little I pun meant, just I for meant, me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I meant that was quite. Yeah. Funny. I meant the theology isn't just a theory of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so essentially, the idea was that you stake a vampire less... into the coffin. Yes. The idea that stakes kill vampires comes from the idea that you stake you, you almost staked them pre them rising. Yeah. So you, you you just took the dead body, you hammered a stake in to them to keep to basically attach them to to pin them into their coffin. Yeah. So it's far less kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer wooden stake. Yeah, with a release. Jab. It's... Yeah, just a like jab and a go, and it, it you hammer the stake in, and Gordon's there hammering this yeah. stake into with Billy's chest, and Michelle, Michelle is screaming. screaming. <laughs> He's like, "No, Gordon, don't kill him. You're killing him. You're killing him." Yeah, and um, he just turns around like, "Sorry, sweetie, he was already dead." Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you led on to what that scene was because I only have in my notes trauma, full stop. <laughs> that That's a little insight to the amount of notes I take. Um, and that's because of Michelle's trauma. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's that would that be was. very traumatic for her. But I'm just like, I may need to get better at note taking because mm-hmm. literally I just have... You come to me freely, quotation marks, oof, and then heart eyes. Trauma, full stop. I feel like when we first started, you were better at the note-taking than me, and now we've switched. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, the thing is, the note-taking during the film, I'm trash at. The research, all in. Michelle's like, Jesus Christ, why didn't you tell me? And... Gordon's like you wouldn't wouldn't believe believe me and this is also the first time Gordon officially states out loud that it's vampires yeah um and Michelle's like you know fair play I probably wouldn't have believed you um but how are we gonna get lieutenant to believe yeah but she also says well if Billy is a vampire does that mean Bobby is one too yes yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, how are we going to get the lieutenant to know? Yeah. To, to, to believe us. Gordon thinks Juanita Jones. Yes. Because Juanita Jones was also killed by Mama Walde. So yeah. he basically, they go to a payphone yeah. and he phones up the Sam. morgue, Sam, the morgue attendant who is, um, he basically says, hey, Sam, take Juanita out of the deep freeze because we need her to, like, defrost. Yeah, we need um, her to thaw out. 
which is interesting vampire law for Blackula, that yeah. you can freeze a vampire and they can't move. They have to be defrost to be um, active. Yeah, they have to be warm. Yeah, that's just kind of like interesting. Like Blackula has, like, it would, you know what would be really interesting? Getting, assembling all of the kind of vampire lore from each vampire film and seeing how many intricacies there are kind of thing because mm. I feel like it's one of those things where like Twilight everyone kicked off about the fact that they sparkle in the sunlight <laughs> and it's yeah. like do you know what vampires have always had intricacies depending on their film like yeah I don't think any other vampire film but I definitely not that I can think of off the top of my head freezes vampires and that no. affects how they work like I don't know. I remember finding. I remember being all in on it when it was like, "Haha, they sparkle because you had to hate Twilight because mm. you had to." But actually, it was just one of the different things to it. That's Instead a really of interesting them. idea. Like, yeah. shout out to well, not shout out to Stephanie Myers because no, but shout out to Twilight. Yes, but, she's yes. Yeah, so Gordon, he needs her yeah. defrosted. Yeah. But he also says... Yeah, he's talking to Sam, being like, okay, as soon as you get her out, leave the room, lock the door behind you. You must lock the door. He says it like multiple times. Yeah. You're going to have to lock the door. We see Sam ring her out. He's got his keys. Yeah. The phone's ringing. He's going to lock the door, but the phone's ringing and he's holding the keys going, ugh, that phone is ringing. And then it cuts away. Yeah. And we don't see what happened. No. And we, we go back to Gordon in his car and he's dropping Michelle off mm-hmm. with Jack's wife as he picks up Jack. Mm-hmm. And they leave in the car. And then we get a shot back to Winita Jones. And you see her slowly starting to warm up with the sweat dripping down. Well, the ice condensation. Yeah. And then we get a shot of Sam reading his notes and you can hear him mumbling in the background. Mm. And then we get a shot back to the car with Jack and Gordon leaving the driveway. And we get Mm. some twinkly music as we go back to Winita Jones. And she takes breath. Yes, it's really interesting. She is very definitely, you see her defrost and then you see her start to breathe. Like her chest yeah. is rising and falling. So again, the intricacies of vampire law for Blackula, vampires breathe. Yeah. It's very interesting. And then we have this we beautiful shot. shot. It's kind of her and almost kind of close-ups of her Oh, no, that's body. before that. We get a shot back to the car yes. on the road. And then we get a shot of Sam answering the phone. And then in the distance of this, we see the morgue door open and then we get a shot back to Anita and it's her shadow. Yes. And it does You that just see her shadow do the setup. The Orlock setup. Yeah. And it I I mean, speaking of Orlock, the fact that it's her shadow. Yeah. I it's, I I love that. It perfectly ties it back. Yeah. And, and we were saying, you know, it's fifty years since Blackula, but it, from Blackula to Orlok, it's mm. 50 years since Nosferatu. Oh. 
because obviously it's it's 1923 yeah. now so we've had we've had the 101st birthday it is I love the fact that they reference and you know it, it's that thing of how shadows are was it specifically a Nosferatu reference? I like to think so. Because yeah. it's that vampire. I like to think so movement. too. Because I mean, that's what I first thought of as well when I saw that yeah. shadow was, ooh, Orlok and his shadows. Mm-hmm. And then... We get, yeah, we get a growl from her then. Like a little mm-hmm. light growl as she's starting to become weary of the surroundings. We get a shot back to Sam on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then this is the scene. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. It's so Juanita. She comes running out yes. through the door, down the yes. corridor for Sam, in a frenzy with these ghoulish screams, yes. and her head is just straight at the camera. Yeah, it's like it. It's centered on her head almost. Yeah, and and she's got great. Her vampire makeup is great. Oh, it is. It's that grayish tinge to her as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's her amazing. eyes are wild. And yeah. she is just screaming, and the the scream is like modulated mm-hmm. somewhat to make it just so ghoulish and yeah freaky, and and it's just that shot of her, just slow motion shot of her running, um, straight at the camera, um, mm. at Sam because he didn't lock the door. The door, no. And then we get a close up of Sam on the phone, and he turns around and notices, mm-hmm. and then. Bonita takes him down. Yeah. I just, I love these shots because they're, they're only a few seconds, this mm-hmm. sequence. They're a few seconds each and it's just going back and forth and it's our Gordon and Jack going to make it back to the morgue before we need to get Sam. Yeah. You, you All of those shots of cutting back to the car and then her defrosting yeah. and cutting back and, you, and, and you're it's like... Erased. I don't know if he locked the door or not, but I mm. he he must have. Either way, I don't feel safe. And then that finale of her running is perfect. Yeah, and then I love how this the suspense and how this is that scene is done is juxtaposed with the next scene, mm-hmm. and it's Tina and Mama while they having sex. Oh, and it's and and the thing is, it's pure romance. Oh yeah, which um, put a pin there because the pure romance of it is so. Yeah, it, it's 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 pure romance, and it's something that I love. That um, you know, so often the Dracula mythos has it's all tortured. Yeah, it's all how could you love a murderer like me? Like, hey, talking about talking about Twilight. He's mm. always going on about how how they could never be together. Um, and here, Mama Waldi's like, hey, hey. Tina, yeah. you're the reincarnation of my um my wife. My so- my soulmate, my wife. Yeah. Um they were soulmates. Do you wanna fuck? And Tina's like, Yeah. You know yeah, what? I think yes. I do. Yeah. <laughs> There's no like tortured element. No. Do you know why? Because they communicated. Yes. They you talked to each words. other. They were open with each other, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> um. yeah. And again, with the communication, she is like, I don't know if I'm ready to become a vampire, to essentially die, yeah. because it's an eternal life, but it is also a death. Um, and he says, 
we don't need yeah, to there's do no anything. There's no rush. We yeah. have, what does he say? It's something like we have eternity or we... Yeah, we have an eternity to... Time is ours. Yeah. And it's it's that, like, we are in love. There is no yeah. rush. We will do, like, we will move at your pace. Again, yeah. you must come to me freely. It's Ooh, that yeah. whole, like, you call the shots. I am your man. Let me know when you're ready. But yeah. there is absolutely no rush. She is being patient with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is being patient with her. Well, and she is also probably being patient yeah, with him. Yeah, she is as well, yeah. But I love the next bit. He's getting up to leave and she doesn't want him to. And yeah. then he, has, he turns <laughs> you around to You would not want that man to go. <laughs> no. He turns around to say, to stay is to die because mm. daylight's coming up. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he uh, just says, to stay is to die. And she understands and lets him go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he says, I must go for it is almost daylight. And he, he just... Keeps emphasizing the fact that yeah, he is a vampire. Yeah, again, it's that whole. He's thing not hiding of like, it. He's yeah. not ashamed of it. And then Tina, I'm a vampire. It's sunlight, yeah. and it will kill me. Anyway, mm. see you um, on the flip side, baby. Tina's response is, "I love you." Yeah, that's mm. my that's my that's my vampire boo. Yeah. And then we kind of cut to the evening. But what other yeah. daylight shenanigans happen? Not um, really today. We we get tires screeching as the cars come to a close in the pavement. It's mm-hmm. still night, uh, or almost. It's it's the brink of morning happening. Yes. And Gordon and Jack, they go into the precincts. They go to the morgue. They're calling for Sam, and I love how the audience doesn't see it right away. But in the bottom mm-hmm. right hand corner, we see the bloody telephone. Yes. Yes. But the other two, they don't see it straight away. Gordon and Jack are like, the the way it's, it's, they're at the back of the corridor and it's on the turning, so it's on the wall that's yeah. facing us, but they would Not have to walk down them, the yeah. corridor. And, yeah. And it, it again, it's that thing of we know, they don't know. Yeah. And then they come down the corridor yes. and they see Sam's workstation covered in blood. And at this point as well, we also notice that Gordon is now carrying a cross. Mm-hmm. It's a big hefty one. He is prepared. He, he did a little pit stop. Yeah. And then they go to the morgue. And yeah, there they is a body still call under for a Sam. Sheet. They pull the sheet over, find it, Swanita. She rises, screaming and lunging towards them. Yeah. Yeah, she's lunging towards Jack and Gordon kind of gets her Yeah, because it's just him. Jack in the room at the minute. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon comes in and he's blazing the cross about. Mm-hmm. And you see... She screams away from it and Gordon backs her into the corner by the window. Mm-hmm. Jack is completely freezing. He doesn't know yeah, he is what frozen. to do. To be fair, he hasn't seen a vampire yet, so no. he's freaked. Um, he's in shock. The dead has just frozen. And then Gordon just opens the blinds, kills yeah. her by daylight. And yeah. Jack's like, wait, what just happened? And Gordon states that it was the son that killed her. Yeah. And then the next shot is them back at Jack's office and it's a vampire lesson happening. Yeah. And I love it. Because he uses geometry. He says vampires multiple geometrically. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Because the first night is one, second night two, third night four. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing that um, you don't really... um, Gordon is far more scientific yeah. in his approach than I think you often see. 
The thing yeah, about like um, you go. No, you can carry on. I was gonna say the thing about Gordon is that he is Doctor Gordon is essentially Doctor Gordon Thomas is essentially the Doctor Van Helsing of this yeah. film. He is the man of science who is trying to take down the Dracula, mm-hmm. but he is a really interesting deflection of the archetype i the thing is dr van helsen is a scientific man there's lots of like like even in the in the in the nosferatu i love doing mutations of the dracula myth um Mm -hmm. because then you can apply it all throughout you know in in the nosferatu there's that scene where he's talking about venus flight traps and carnivorous plants And that's kind of how that Dr. Van Helsing lookalike approaches the vampire mm. myth. And this Dr. Van Helsing lookalike approaches the vampire myth through his own very structured scientific yeah. way. He plays his cards very close to his chest. Yes. He's very... I don't know how much of that playing the cards close to his chest is a reflection of the fact that he is a black man and so is not necessarily as open and willing to share Mm. with the police force. Yeah, and especially when it comes to something like this, it's more of a, he wouldn't believe be believed as much. Yes, yeah. He's like, I need to find proof first. I'm already in a place where I would not be as well believed as like a white man in my shoes and this is something that is already fairly unbelievable so I need to make sure I know my shit yeah he the way he says like the vampires multiply geometrically is a very beautiful way of breaking down the fact of how how dangerous it is because he says that and then Jack's like oh my gosh just get serious very quickly like you know before you know it you're overrun yeah and then gordon he asks for an apb to be put out on them and jack's response is wait on a dead man and you're gonna get me fired and uh, what is it you're gonna get me fired and us laughed out or something like that yeah it's something like that i think they do it in a way jack does it an apb out in a way is if you see people resembling yeah it's a look the description like, yeah it's a look like situation as opposed yeah. to an actual person situation yeah um because again as we've mentioned there is that trust between the two of them yeah he knows gordon he knows him well enough that like what he's saying is necessary yeah and then, and then we're back in the club yeah and it's the three of them. It's Gordon, Michelle, and Tina. Mum all day arrives, kisses Tina, and orders a Bloody Mary. Yeah, which I quite like. It's very. I thought fun. that was very good. It's very straight up. And Gordon and Michelle, they kind of have a look between the two of them as if they're not quite impressed with him coming back and being that yes. close to Tina. Because the thing is, less than is it forty eight hours ago at this point. I can't I think quite so. tell. About yeah, yeah. about forty eight hours, hours ago. ago he came to she see, was she was running home screaming. Yeah. And now they are 
enamored by each other. So yeah. Michelle is approaching this in the in the shoes of that's my sister, I must protect her way. Gordon is approaching this in the shoes of this is a man wearing a cape and I am looking for a vampire way. Yeah. Because um, there is that moment in the scene earlier where Jack's kind of like, hey, do you know who it is? And Gordon, again, is kind of like, I'm playing my cards close to my chest, um, mm. but I have thoughts. And mm. then we cut to this scene. So you do kind of tell that he is kind of He's tr- He's starting to put pieces together, yeah. Because and again, see... Mama Walde has not been subtle. No. And you see him, Gordon then, he's, Gordon isn't hiding his suspicion of Mama Walde to him. No. Because in this scene, he asks if Mamwalde believes in the occult, such as witchcraft, voodoo, devil worship. Mamwalde's like, I think there's some truth in all of it. Mm-hmm. And then Michelle asks, what do you think of vampires? And he says, which is a line I, by him I like again, mm-hmm. they're, most, they're possibly the most fascinating of them all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's another bit where he kind of, where is, I think it's Gordon says, like, so you believe in, so are, are vampires real? And Mum Walde says, is the devil real? Yeah. So um, there is this back and forth between them, which again mm. is um, iconic to the kind yeah. of Dracula um, Van Helsing standoff yeah. between them. And then Gordon states that oh, the police have a theory on the killings. And Tina, she's starting to... Yeah, Gordon explains a theory being how they starting to think it's a vampire. And Gord, Tina here, she's looking a bit on edge as the statement gets made. Mm-hmm. And she's being a bit, I don't want to say anything, but is this my world Ah, uh, yeah, and Mama Walde again is being very kind of like, oh, how interesting, oh, yeah. that really would be, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, as he goes, because he kind of heads off, um, she is saying to him, like, why are you being so blasé about this? Yeah. Why, why are you almost, why are being like, so open? Why are you, yourself? Yeah, why are you prompting this? Why are you pushing? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, they leave when Skillet arrives, mm-hmm. and... Before he leaves, he Skillet asks offers Mamwalde to buy his cape. Yeah. And Mamwalde he just laughs it off. And then Skillet here again, he makes another comment as Mamwalde leaves with Tina. He is one strange dude. Yeah, earlier he says he is one strange dude, and then here he says he really is one strange dude. Yeah. Um yeah. Um and then it's this point that they notice that Nancy has been missing since Michelle's birthday. Yes. Gordon heads over, he sees the um well, the picture was taken. Yeah. But because the... Mama Wawade destroyed it. Yeah. But, the but the negative, negative is still there. So he looks through and he sees the negative. And he and... puts it under the microscope, zooms in, and sees that Tina is visible, but, but Mama, Mama Walde is missing. Yeah, And that he's starting to believe that his suspicions, they are right. Listeners, I'm eating food because I haven't eaten food. Um, sorry if you hate food sounds. I will try to keep them at a minimum. 
<laughs> yes, so we're Gordon is at Nancy's in the red room, the dark room. Mm-hmm. Not the red room. Not that's the red room. That's a something else. A great thing. Yeah, and he's looking at the film negatives. He puts them one of them under a microscope, and it's he focuses it and realizes that Manuel Day is not visible in the photo with Tina where he should be. He now knows. Yeah. Hmm, something's about not right with Manuel Day. No, he knows about Shadow of a Doubt because he's, he's yeah. been thinking something's he's, not he's right for quite a while. Yeah. And now he's like, this boy does not have a reflection. No. Best vampire shenanigans. Yeah. And, yes, yeah, so this photo makes him realise that his suspicions are correct. Mm-hmm. And then he suddenly remembers that Tina is with Tina. Manuel Day. Yeah. So he runs off to see it. Mm-hmm. And now the next shot, we're at Tina's apartment and him, Mamalde and Tina are still having a little argument because Tina was upset about the conversation mm-hmm. with the bizarre nature of Mamalde and the vampirism that was happening. Uh-huh. And we get some music now. It's some funky 70s detective music plays as Gordon gets out of his car and runs into Tina's apartment. Mm-hmm. And Manuel Day is, as this is going on, is stating how he wants them to leave tonight. And then the, him and Tina, they kiss. And this is where Gordon, he comes in yelling for them to stop. Mm-hmm. And Manuel Day pushes Gordon down. Tina is telling him not to hurt Gordon, but he still slaps him. And he goes, he goes down onto the couch and he leaves it at that. He doesn't go mm-hmm. it with it any further. He's like, okay, he's immobilised and runs off into the night. Because obviously this is still um, one of Tina's like loved ones. He's not just going to yeah. out and out kill him. No. And then we see a police car and a man gets out of the car to... He's noticed Mom Waldo running suspiciously. He goes out to chase him mm-hmm. and he ends up in like a dead end corner down an alleyway and the music it's still funky but it takes on some suspense undertones Mm -hmm. and then we only see this police officer and then we hear Mambaldi's laugh and then he swoops in. And nothing more needs to be said it's just um well the film doesn't really like hit us over the head with it it's just kind of like he's in an alleyway that's Mambaldi. You and the policeman, what. he shoots, Mamalde bites, and then Gordon and another policeman run to the gunshots. They find this policeman slumped on the ground, and the music ends. Mm-hmm. And then we're back at Jack's place, where he's surprised and inquisitive that Gordon met the man. Because Gordon reveals that he has met who he believes to be the culprit of mm-hmm. all of these shenanigans. He has known the vampire all this time. Yeah. And Jack is like, wait, you actually met him? Who is he? And Gordon states, he calls himself Mamualde. And then Mm -hmm. Michelle and Tina come into the room. And Jack stating he killed a cop. And then Gordon, he got away. They're telling Tina this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, Because they obviously know that Tina has feelings for this man. And she's crying, and Michelle says, you should rest, you should get some sleep. Mm-hmm. This is a stressful time for you. Gordon, 
he states, only one thing we're sure of is that he must return to his coffin before daylight. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to a cop car. Yeah, it's the beat cops. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're in their cruiser. They're going Again, down the street. The APB out on the dead man. And they spot Bobby. Dead Bobby. But they see him from behind, so they don't even know if it is actually Bobby or not. Uh One of them turns to the other and asks, how can you tell? As in, how can you tell it's the person we're after? And the other cop, he goes, well, they all look alike. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I put in my notes here, big time, ouch. Mm-hmm. And then Michelle's phone rings and it's for Jack. Mm-hmm. And it's about the sighting. Yes. And he says, Jack's telling them that they should keep following this guy, mm-hmm. but not do to not go, engage. do not chase, yeah, do not engage, just watch. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon, he they're leaving, and he leaves his cross with Michelle, because he's like, well, you still need protection. Mm-hmm. Even if I can't be by your side, you still need safety in case this is this should help. Mm-hmm. And then the cruisers, they lose Bobby and this friend that he's with down an alleyway. Mm-hmm. They remember that Jack said not to follow, but they're back on the phone with them now and ask them to check what buildings are in the area to try and narrow down the location, mm-hmm. which is very clever. And of... All of the so the cops they're going through the location of what buildings are in the area. And there's the warehouse. Yeah. Which That was owned, owned by Billy and Bobby. Yes. And mm. so police swarm on this building. It looks like it's gonna be a whole SWAT takedown into this building. But only four of them enter. It's Jack, Gordon and two police officers. Mm. I assume the two from the car, but not really yeah. stated. No. Two other officers. Yeah. And they close the door behind them and they get further in. And you notice that the oil lamps are still burning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that a body is in the floor. They go and they crawl up to the body. They go to investigate it to be like, hey, is this person still alive? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then out pops Bobby. And they back um... away in terror. Mm-hmm. They back away in terror. They're slowly backing away. And the more they back away the more they realise that they are surrounded. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a proper nest. There's, mm, there's loads of vampires. It's a hive. Oh. And then one of the policemen shoots. Uh, he fails, and mm-hmm. a group of the vampires, they swarm in on the, the, this policeman. The one who man. shot, yeah. They yeah. kind of swarm over him. Um, and and Jack tries point, to go for, to like save him. Yeah, but, but at this point, when the vampires are, vampires are swarming in on this police officer, it looks like they're gliding across the floor. Mm, mm, I think yeah. that was very beautiful. Gordon says to Jack that they need to fl- throw the oil lamps or the gas lamps at the ground mm-hmm. and at the vampires to get rid of them. So that's what mm-hmm. they start doing. And then one of the policemen rises and all vamped out. Again, a very quick transition. Mm, Jack, he freezes at this point. I think it's because mm-hmm. it's a fellow officer, it's someone he knows. Yeah. yeah. And so Gordon just throws the lamp at him instead. Mm-hmm. And 
Gordon takes another vampire down as well, whilst Jack is just stood there. And I've put in my notes, bearing in mind that Jack is a lieutenant and Gordon is a scientist. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. as in Jack, he is—he's got all the training. He should not be freezing. Mm-hmm. And yet, the scientist man who has not had all this training is standing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is—he is kind of taking charge of the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Escape into another room, and they bump into Mamualde. Mm. Yes. It's the scene. Yes. Yeah, and then they ask Mamualde about Tina. Like, are you going to hurt her? What is your plan? Mm-hmm, Can you mm-hmm. just leave her alone? And he states how she's important to him. And he very beautifully goes bat mode, flies away, and leaving the two men just stunned and in awe at what they've just seen. Like, oh shit, he can fly too? Yeah, he literally turns into a, a bat. Like, fully, my molly is there, and then a, a, a very small shout out to that actor bat. Um, oh yeah and then we're back at the apartment where Gordon is explaining to Tina that Mamualde is a bad man mm-hmm. and she's but how can he be bad when he yeah. looks that good and she loves him so much and she's struggling to believe this mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to help them take them down but then she realises that yeah maybe he's not the best yeah. and joins sides with Michelle, Gordon and Jack um, I feel like I kind of, I don't know, I don't really actually have notes supporting this at all, but I feel like in my mind she somewhat was staying out of it. I'm in love with him, but you're telling me that he's bad, so I'm just yeah. going to not be involved with either side. Yeah, she just, I think she kind of just like, she's like kind of agreeing with them as in, okay, you may seem, you may think that he's bad, so I'm not going to do anything. So I won't, I won't help yeah. him, yeah. Um, but I'm also this is where she, she hears Mama Walte's voice and he's essentially like standing on a roof talking to her and being like, come to me. Yeah. And he, he this is all done through high-pitched squeaks, like bat talk. Mm. Yes. I swear there's a voiceover with his voice. I think that might be a translation, but, in oh, that, yeah, but no. it's mainly, yeah, it's mainly the squeaking that we hear. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I mean, apparently we had we had different levels. Yeah, we of had audio, different versions. So who knows? Maybe maybe you had the the bat version. Yeah, <laughs> I had the bat dog. It hypnotizes her. She's in a trance, mm-hmm. and it's you realize she's no longer of her own free will. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it is it is somewhat interested in that she kind of does seem. It's that whole thing of is she in a trance because she's very much in love with him so she's kind of somewhat zoned out yeah but I don't know I don't know how like completely trance like it does seem and how it is it does kind of call into question that that kind of quote earlier but a a woman kind of neighbor screams and they go into the room and she's no longer there and a bat is flying away yeah and they're like oh no Tina well, yeah. Go get her. And police cars, they notice Tina, and Jack tells them over the radio not to apprehend Tina, just to survey her, to watch her, see where she goes, to follow her. Because they can use her as bait. Yeah. Not bait, but yeah, they, they know that she is going towards. Yeah, they know where day, she so. is going, and they need to go where she is going. Yes. 
And the only way to know the route is through her. So then we have the kind of final showdown. Scene. Yeah. In a chemical they're, plant. Yeah, they're in a chemical plant. So there's yeah. lots of kind of like metal staircases, mm-hmm. lots of kind of like electricals, lots of kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so she walks in, she walks down the stairs, and the music goes back to that romantic 70s sex music. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Mamalde comes out with the shadows to greet her. And as they're greeting each other, they hear the sirens blaring outside. Mm-hmm. And they run off to leave through the back as the police come in. Mm-hmm. A policeman, he finds them, but Momolde bites him before any attention can be driven their way. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon, Michelle and... I put I wrote here, Gordon, Michelle and Gordon arrive. It's Gordon, Michelle and Jack arrive. <laughs> you know, you see the, the turtleneck and you think maybe it's him again. Yeah. Which is, I, uh, you just... You can never get too much of Gordon. Jack is and, fine and good. More yeah. Gordon. <laughs> but they're stating that if you see him, Mamalde to back away, but to keep an eye out. But Gordon's like, keep an eye out for his coffin. Mm-hmm. And then there's this one policeman, as they're going through this pipeline tunnel, mm-hmm. they see Tina, they shoot at her. They, they see Tina well, they and see Mama Tina and Mama Walde. And he's shooting at Mama Walde. Yeah, but it but hits, hits Tina, Tina in instead. The back. And yeah. she is dying. Yeah. Um, and Mama Walde is kind of saying, like, I'm essentially, I'm sorry for taking the choice away from you. Yeah. Um, he apologizes to her. This is the only option to keeping you yeah. with me. So I, I, I will transform you now against, essentially against your, your mm. will because you're dying. This is the only way to keep you somewhat alive. Yeah. Um, he bites her, but it does that thing where... He, she then lies back and you don't see the transformation. So you're somewhat kind of thinking, has she in fact died? Yeah. And because then he calls out throughout yeah, the cries. chemical plant, yeah. you have taken her away from me. Are all going to be dead with this building being their tomb? Yes. He is very dramatic. He is mm. like, you, yeah, this building will now be your tomb. Yeah, he's like, and you forced goes, me to take this choice away from her. You full, will pay. I guess full Blackula. Right? Yeah. He goes like full Dracula, full vamp, and is just taking down all of the police cops. He yeah. like ch- he chucks one down this big kind of chemical warehousey things. It's like he's a kind of on like a couple floors up, so there's this big drop. He mm. chucks one officer over it and over down, to the ground. down to the ground. There's another one he kind of lifts up like a big barrel. Um, yeah, there's two on a staircase content. going up behind him, yeah. and he just throws a barrel, bowling them down. Them. Yeah, yeah, he is just going full like rampage mm. mode. He is in pain, and it's when this is going on, kind of, that Gordon, Michelle, and Jack find the coffin. Find a coffin, and they are believing because they can't see Jack. Uh, they can't see Mum Walde. Um, they're believing this is. Mum he is in his coffin. Place. Yeah. So they, they go up to it and, and Gordon yeah. kind of has his hand on the lid. Yeah, so Gordon and Jack are approaching the coffin cautiously whilst mm. the other policeman that's with them is holding Michelle Tina back. back. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle, sorry. Is holding Michelle back so that she's safe and she doesn't mm. see. And they... they so yeah, so, yeah, so Jack has the stake. Gordon has the lid, 
and they lifted, lifted her. the lid and Jack stakes. Before even seeing who's in the coffin. And it's not Mom all day. It's, it's Tina. Tina. And she screams. And she is vamped. She has yeah, like she's this beautiful kind of like Bride yeah, of Frankenstein type yeah. two white stripes. She is screaming and dies. And yeah. Michelle is crying. That's her sister. She is distraught. Yeah. And then... Mamualde appears behind them. Yeah. And he asks them to move away from Tina. Mm-hmm. And he leans over the coffin and he talks to Tina and then states how his only reason for living has been taken away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is so he, powerful. He kisses her hand again. Yeah. And it, it, again, it's that gentlemanly... The way, the way mm. he kissed her hand in the club in that first scene and now again... It's it's very sweet. Um, yeah. And and then he kind of looks over and, and Gordon kind of almost kind of brandishes like a steak mm. in a kind of like, we came to kill you way. Yeah. And Mamwaldo turns around and says, there's no need for that. There's, yeah, there's no need for that. Um, yeah. You've taken her away. I have nothing left. Yeah. And he goes up the He stairs. goes up some staircase. He opens the roof hatch door, steps mm-hmm. out into the sun. But as he's doing this, he's doing it very pained. Yes. He is struggling yeah, he is fighting up the stairs. Once yeah. he gets into the sunlight, it is very much like already getting him. He makes it to the top of the staircase and he falls down. And kind of as he falls down, his cloak lands across him. his face. His face. Um, and this is mostly just so that when, yeah, Gordon and Jack follow him up the staircase to kind of make sure the job is done. Um, to get the dramatic reveal that comes. Yeah. And they yeah. remove it. And you just have this very fast decomposing face that's just covered with maggots. It's already like... Yeah, it's down to the muscle. muscle and, yeah, and, and, and maggots all inside. Mm. And, and the muscle is receding. And then it's just... The skull. skull. And then up come the end credits. Yeah. And when I, I looked I looked at the skull and if you looked closely, I could not see the vampire teeth there. Mm-hmm. They were back to normal human teeth. Mm-hmm. It's it's this truly beautiful the thing that I love about I guess we can tie this into our full thoughts on the film. Mm. The thing that I love about Blackula as a film is that it feels like it should be a schlocky... Almost comedy take. Yeah. I mean, its name is a pun. Yeah. He is the Black Dracula. It is Blackula. Um, And yet he is... Mama Walde is a man who holds himself to such a good set of morals. Yes, Mm. he does kill people a fair amount when he's a vampire. But... The fact that he... But when he kills them, he turns them into a vampire. He doesn't just kill them for the sake of killing them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and when he does, it's the, it's the police officers at the end. And that is that is rage. That's very justified. <laughs> very different. Um, and and it, the way that he is the one who takes himself out, like, he never actually yeah. gets defeated. Um, no. 
he he doesn't let somebody else have the power to do that it's like from the very beginning he's like i am my own person mm-hmm. and even through to the end he's like i'm not gonna let you define me this way i'm going to have my own definition i'm having my own end you cannot you've taken my love from me but you cannot take this last remaining thing that i have mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. which is his death yeah, it, and it, it is so beautiful given that, like, you know, in the 1700s, his humanity was taken away from him mm. by, by you know, by Dracula, this white man. Like, his true, like, humanity was taken away from him. And now he gets to return himself to, yeah, exactly that, to, like, ending on his own terms. Yeah. I am choosing to go out the way that I wouldn't want to go out. And and it is something that I always find, like, in, in the vampire mythos, I find it so beautiful when vampires die by sunlight. Mm. I think, and here I feel like it's... To it, feel that warmth on their face again, that warmth that they have not yeah. been able to feel, that they've been yearning for. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, and I do feel like... I don't know if I'm reading too much into it in this kind of moment, but I do feel like it's somewhat more um, meaningful given the sunny nature of the Niger Delta. It's 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 almost, you know, like... And the way that he was locked away. Like, he mm. wasn't just a creature of the night. He was within a coffin, within yeah. a room, within a castle. And to now feel the sun on his face, even though it kills him, is a really beautiful end to his story, mm. almost. Um, it's powerful. It really is. And I and I do, um, like now, you know, transitioning to talking about the film on a whole, I, I think I think Blackula is a really powerful film. Mm. And I think it, it doesn't quite get the appreciation that it yeah the film doesn't get the appreciation that it deserves because because again like i say like it's it's title is a it's title is a pun it feels very kind of um you know airplane or Mm. um robin hood men in tights it feels like it should be of that variety of yeah where it's um you know even like princess bride is like a play on a genre of films it's like a play on a fantasy film and this is like a play on a like race related um dracula film and it is but it also has this incredibly powerful romance yeah Um, it's so powerful yeah, yeah, it and it and, and it, it truly is like a, it's a, beautiful. a beautiful film. Yeah, and yeah. it's this romance that brings you to tears. Yeah, even when you're taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a really, really good film. But yeah, um, no, I I truly love this film. Thank you so much for listening to part one of a horror shared does. Blackula, 1972. Um, be sure to tune in um, later this week, hopefully, to part two. Yeah. Where we will be discussing the context of Blackula.
be sure to follow us on Instagram to give us any, um, you know, feedback you feel about the film of Blackula, any any thoughts and feelings you have. You can message us there. Um, the Instagram is a horror shared. We also have an email. We also which have is a horror shared at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you have any thoughts, any film recommendations you want to send in. Ooh, yeah. Film yeah. recommendations, please. Yeah. Obviously of the horror nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or, well, you know, if you have any, like, chases you want us to do. Yeah. Like, because sometimes I do feel like when I watch a film and it really does freak me. I'm like, hmm. And now yeah, to if, watch. Yeah, if it's a freaky film, just let us know. <laughs> Yes, we will see you when we see you, when Mm -hmm. you listen to us in part two. Laters. Bye.